It's Monday the 14th of March 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. My guest this week is Ruf Polsky's very own Beata Vavi Enya. Welcome to you. Hi, hello everyone. Hi. Um, the news in Iceland this week, uh, as well as around the world, has moved on from the initial shock of the war in Ukraine and onto the more practical matters of welcoming Ukrainian refugees, providing aid overseas and limiting the economic shocks of this global situation. There are weather warnings for all regions of Iceland today and travel is not advised. The stormy February did little to help the low levels of hydropower reservoirs in Iceland, and large industrial users are still facing rationing. A new report claims Iceland may need to increase electricity production by 125% to complete the energy shift and maintain economic growth. Environmentalists reject this in the strongest possible terms. The first national food survey in a decade reveals the nation's changing diet, which is getting worse in some areas and better in others. Red meat and sugary drinks are down, but a lot more fruit and veg are still needed. An oil leak in the Westfields last weekend killed hundreds of birds and created something of a scandal, as the leak could probably have been prevented or the damage at least limited with better response. And finally, Iceland is sending Sikka, Beta and Elin to the Eurovision Song Contest. It was confirmed this Saturday night. So, where would you like to begin? Oh, what a hard, tough choice, really. Mm. Um, let's close with, uh, with a funny one, obviously, and the most uh, entertaining being uh, Eurovision. So we can start maybe with uh, food, you know, food yep. for thought and food for the stomachs and the body. Exactly, yeah. So um, the nation's diet is getting better and worse at the same time. Um, I think saying that it's getting better, it's very optimistic take on the data that I saw. <laughs> yes. I mean, less sugary drinks. Yeah, by what, 40%, which was half of it at least was uh, was taken over by the artificially sweetened ones. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure that's any better in reality. Um, although I have to admit that considering the choice of fred, fresh fruit and veg in Iceland, I don't quite blame us and Icelanders for not really following the recommendations. Don't you agree? I mean, I don't find it that bad, to be honest with you. In some places it is pretty bad. It depends. It's, it's very, um, it comes in waves, in my opinion. Sometimes you've got lots of great selection of very fresh things. Sometimes there's barely anything there and it's all horrible. Um, I, I think I, I mostly lack variety here. It's when, when for example, our um, uh, fruit hour in the afternoon in Ruf mm -hmm. restarted after the pandemic. I felt so sad that every, absolutely every day it was the same three fruit, fruit kinds. Um, I think this is what, what's, what's most painful all year round. Really, it's it's nothing changes. You have bananas, apples, oranges, uh, carrots, potatoes, and lettuce, basically. I mean, there's a lot more on offer, though. I I buy a lot more than that personally. I'm, I yeah, so, so, okay. okay. I, I guess uh, maybe it's the um, it's the I I island islander um, used to what what. What I mean is uh, you being from the UK is also also helps you. Um, living on an island might be might be the culprit of it. 
uh, as a mainlander, uh, I think we had a much wider choice. Mm. And uh, and I'm I'm really missing it. I really feel it this time, since since the pandemics and not really visiting much. I didn't get my yearly or bi-yearly dose of 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 fresh variety of fruits and veg from Poland. So I'm really suffering. But nonetheless, uh, back on the on the survey, um, there's not just fruit and veg and, and sugary drinks. Oh, just to interrupt you there, sorry. Yeah. Um, on the subject of fruit and uh, fruit and vegetables, though, I found it says that the recommended amount is 500 grams per day, half a kilogram per day. Mm-hmm. Does that seem like a lot to you as a goal? I mean, I mean uh, yeah. If you if you divide it into five portions, as they recommend, it's really not that that much, considering that when you have a burger. The burger mm. is what the bigger one is 120 grams, the smaller is 80. Um, you can, it, this isn't a, a, a large, large amount, I think. And uh, I can, I can imagine eating, eating five portions of that a day. Yeah. Though not, not as easily as, uh, as one can think, especially, especially when you have to prepare it, most of it yourself. The, the the daily recommended amount of fruit and vegetables is the same as the weekly recommended amount of red meat. It's crazy, isn't it? Of five hundred grams. <laughs> and considering how how prevalent meat is, I wonder how anyone ever really manages to meet that that recommendations. Uh, but the, the the survey said that uh, about half half of the portion. Is, is being consumed, mm. which is terrible, though they're still halfway through. Um, they're getting getting lower on the fish and, and red meat, isn't it? Yeah. Which half of it is, is good, the other half not so. Though they, um, they seem to be moving more towards the cold meats and processed meats, which is absolutely not uh, the, wrong, the wrong way. Only 1% of young women eat enough fish. It's unbelievable. It's like you can almost, considering the size of Iceland, you can almost point them from the crowd. It will be just <laughs> single females. It's it's shocking. But then I would, I would expect a little more, mm. wouldn't you? It's a, I think it might be a tradition-y kind of thing. Like fish is an old staple for hundreds of years and if you are a bit modern and forward thinking and international maybe you don't want so much fish but then it's fashion these things come and go as well i don't know maybe maybe fish will come back into fashion again and i don't think it's it's not across all of society i mean no no um i i think you have a very good point in there It, it really depends on the on the perception you can you can take it both ways as a oh I'm moving on. I'm modern. I won't be doing as my grandma did. But then, the the fashion is also uh, recommending fishy fish fish, and uh, fish can be prepared in a very, very modern way. Um, mm-hmm. So it really depends on the on the mindset, I guess. It does, and it's not to say that young women don't like fish either. It's the the recommended portion or whatever the recommended serving of fish being two or three fish meals per week. And they're not achieving that. I mean, I'm sure 
young women, like everyone else in society, love to go out to a fancy fish restaurant and have something uh, delicious, but maybe they're not having boiled cod on a Tuesday <laughs> evening at home. Do you think that prices would make a make a make a difference there? Well, if people are eating more than the recommended amount of red meat, I mean, maybe not, because that's expensive too. That's true. That's a good point. Well, let's see. Maybe we will continue at least on the good path of of uh, moving away from sugary drinks without the need for introducing sugar tax. Mm-hmm. Now, the amount of milk being drunk is down and the amount of cheese being eaten has never been higher. That was slightly interesting as well. Oh, I'm not not surprised at all. It's you, you've moved. We've moved away so far from, I don't know, glass of milk and a slice of bread with, with ham in the morning and mm. uh, um, and another glass of co- cocoa before sleep. That we really just use it for what coffee. That's a really good point. Think. And the selection of cheese available has never been bigger than it is now and- as well. And they are pretty good, I have to admit. Iceland made it, made it fi- fine cheese industry. I enjoy it very much. It's it's a good cross somewhere between tasteless paper, no cow smell produce uh, product uh, towards the very cowy, very smelly, <laughs> extremely natural. As I I recall tasting, for example, in in Bulgaria, I was extremely surprised how how very cow shed it 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 smelled <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. here in iceland it's a good good summer in between it's very tasty so whoever comes to visit i totally recommend uh getting a bite of, of icelandic cheese and on that note let's move on to a different topic um well it cannot be omitted the weather warning hence our uh meeting on teams rather than eye to eye today I, uh, I I follow the advice of uh, of our um, safe safe not safety team uh, uh, civil protection or civil protection. Just Thank the you. The Met Office, I suppose. In this case, it might be yes to limit unnecessary tra- travel. And as I am a resident of, of Keplavik, beautiful sunny Keplavik, I decided to uh, just work from home and not to risk getting blown away from uh, from our Reykjanesbroit uh, into a ditch. Now, I have to say um, that the, the, the sound quality on, on Zoom slash Teams this morning is particularly good. I can almost feel like you're in the studio, but you're not. Oh, fabulous. Uh, it, yeah. it, it does definitely take away that uh, eye-to-eye interaction. So if, if the, the conversation is going awkward, I'm, I'm, I, I will blame that element of it. Well, I didn't but, brush uh, my hair today, so you're probably lucky. Oh, die. <laughs> so uh, on the serious note though this is the f- I mean the 1st of March first so month. 2 weeks ago yeah. we had a bit of bad weather on the 1st of the month. We've had 2 weeks of of okay weather um after a February that was very 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 stormy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh okay yeah. weather it was extremely teasing that the weather was teasing did you could you feel the the spring in the air the birds sang differently? Yes. The sun was is so warm. Especially yesterday. Yesterday was oh, a lovely day. Absolutely lovely. So I'm really looking forward, but I think we'll have to uh, get some patience out of uh, of the of the drawer and uh, really really build it up again. But today, although it's stormy and horrible outside, it's kind of helpful in in that regard because 
it's warm. It's a warm storm. Uh, it's going to melt a lot of snow and ice, which is probably going to cause problems. It landslides out east, maybe. Um, so there's a lot to be aware of, but it's going to melt a lot of snow. Yeah, I mean, it's not just not just here down down the down south. It's all over the country, really, and um, us uh, maybe capital uh, inhabitants and, and surrounding. We really don't have that much snow left anymore, but all all around. Of rest of the island, there is plenty of snow still to be melted, and uh, the roads after the winter are pretty worn down, mm-hmm. where, which means uh, this uh, deep ditches after um, you know where cars mostly drive. I, I'm not really sure how to s- if that has a lovely and lovely name in English, but basically you just drive in a river in in two two paths of river and and each. Uh, each attempt to change a line on the on the road takes you dancing, basically, uh, with an extra swift of wind, and you're uh, very likely to end up uh, outside of the road. So, so be very careful. There will be a lot of work ahead of the the road fixing committee or whatever they do, whoever does it. I hope they will uh, they will take good good care of the of the roads and. It will be possible to drive them nicely, but February was record month, right? You probably already spoke about it. Yes, yeah, I think so. And, I mentioned uh, it at least. And let's see how March will turn out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Sh- should we take bets if if uh, we will get any warnings in April? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will bet that there will be one warning in April, probably right. Easter, because. The, the weather gods love to tra- to disrupt Easter travel plans. Oh, Easter, middle of April, and and with a with a weather warning and and snow danger. Oh well, we chose <laughs> to live here. <laughs> yes, indeed, we chose to live here. Um, to to bring it rather back down to earth with a third. Um, there are a lot of people arriving these days who did not choose to live here, um, but who are going to be getting safe harbour in Iceland, hopefully, anyway. Uh, Refugees escaping the war in Ukraine. Uh, It's been a major national project, sorting out facilities for them and and, and sorting out the the welcome for them, hasn't Mm -hmm. it? It has been, indeed. Many people volunteered and offered to to host them in their houses or, or whatever, uh, places they they have available. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there was about what four thousand who who uh, said are ready to to have someone coming around. Um, I don't. I th- I think there might be several thousand places available, but it was three hundred and fifty offers. Oh, people. Okay. I think some of them, including even whole hotels, which is just wonderful. But they don't want to be relying on hotels. They want to give people more independence than that but to have these short-term uh reserve spaces is a very good thing absolutely and it's then it means that it's about one percent of uh of if if every spot will be uh filled up it will be about one percent of the um of people who already live here mm. it will be quite a significant significant increase <clears throat> Unfortunately, it seems that Europe will have to embrace that 
be ready for that and prepare laws that will that will uh, allow those people to um, feel better and feel more home. Um, I can only I can rely a lot a lot on the Polish news where uh, it seems over one, some estimates even saying one and a half million uh, already Ukrainians already crossed to to Poland and um, this this number will only be increasing with uh, some saying that uh, the next wave will be a bit less um, less fortunate. Of, of less fortunate people, of, of people who don't really have anyone in uh, in Europe to turn towards to. Many of the people who who has who have crossed the, the borders now, they had some friends or family or or um, someone who knew and they they could turn to, to uh, in that dreadful hour. And the next wave might be of of people a bit more or a bit less uh, fortunate. So we will we might need to. Um, Pick, you know, pick our game up a bit and uh, and uh, make them make make sure that they will be well taken care of. Absolutely. Um, now you mentioned it, Poland. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, you're from Poland, the country that's borne the brunt of the exodus from Ukraine so far, along with other neighbours of Ukraine. Um, what is there any sort of conversation happening in the Polish community in Iceland about about the situation? Um, there are people who obviously have Ukrainian friends, and and uh, they are looking. There, uh, I, I can say that on on Facebook there are some regular posts posts uh, popping up, uh, asking for uh, resources, asking for um, who knows what. If you know how easy it is for mm -hmm. the Ukrainians to really turn towards uh, towards living and working in here and on the island. Um, Many take uh, Poland as uh, as a stopover on the on the route to the deeper towards uh, West Europe, and I guess Iceland is is among them, and the Polish community is is doing their best to to make them feel welcome and help them help them get around since uh, since they they know. Um, yeah, there's the the resource of of Polish community is resourcefulness, is uh, outstanding and um, and no question remains unanswered and everyone is chipping in with some some help. Just recently, just this weekend, there was a um, yet another action or or um, event meant to uh, to collect some some money to help. Yeah, there's so, been several uh, of those sorts of things, haven't there? Oh, many even. In many indeed. Mm. Yes. So uh, we are, we are, uh, we are feeling. We're not completely removed from from the rest of of Poland, where great help is is standing, is is happening. So I would say that it's just a, a branch branch here in Iceland that's doing just as just as great a job in, uh, in helping and, and making Ukrainians be welcomed and find possibilities although it's not as easy as obviously in Poland unless the, the laws will change in the work permits and the resident permits will be easier to obtain. Poland has some kind of uh, transitional laws mm -hmm. because already just before the war some estimates estimates said that there was uh, 1.3 million Ukrainians living and working in Poland, 
it was it was clearly visible, maybe more more, more heard actually than visible. You could hear uh, either Ukrainian language or uh, Polish with this wonderfully sweet, soft Ukrainian accent spoken around in in um, on buses and in in shops and in cafes. So uh, I'm guessing that's just the next natural step that uh, that Poland is is helping them and Polish community helps those who want to come to Iceland. Icelanders are standing uh, incredibly well as well, obviously. They're a very welcoming nation and uh, preparing to get that, get as much on offer as possible, considering that... Uh, we're a bit far away, and and uh, the spirit I I read is present. I read between the line mm. that is present among, among Ukrainians is that there it's a very temporary situation. And so that, that's what is so difficult about the situation. We don't know how temporary it is. We don't know how many people there will be. Everyone hopes for the best, but you've got to sort of prepare for the worst, haven't you? Absolutely, and not many are really uh, maybe prepared to to admit that it might go on not just for a few weeks but for months if not years mm. and are not quite as ready to to go basically on the to the other end of Europe and start their life here I mean most of the people that have arrived so far have got connections here because uh, there is yeah. a, there is obviously a Ukrainian community in Iceland anyway um not to mention a Russian community as well that's been highly activated throughout all of this. Um, so, yeah, I think most of the people have had their own connections. It's a question of how many will come in the future who don't have these connections, as you were mentioning. Yeah, unfortunately, that might be a, a bit more difficult situation to handle. But let's hope that being aware of it, um, whoever is, uh, is, is supposed to will think about it and prepare for, for that eventuality. Yeah, exactly. Mentioning briefly the the Russian community here, uh, it does seem, as has been covered in the media several times, that a large majority of Russians in Iceland are against the war. Um, one of the events this weekend was a, an art sale, an art auction, um, and open debate and, and lecture session at the Nordic House that was organised by Russian women who, who were interviewed on TV and... Uh, showing their support and uh, obviously putting their, their money where their mouth is, so to speak, with fundraising for, for Ukraine, which is a whole is other side of the story, isn't it? Yeah. Which is absolutely wonderful. We have to remember that Russian, being Russian, doesn't automatically mean that they support the war. We know how how uh, difficult... Uh, um, independence move independence movement is in Russia. Uh, so unfortunate news that that are popping here and there of uh, of aggression towards Russians or uh, or um, maybe even some workplaces in some workplaces people refuse to work with Russians is is a, a very short sighted and a very unfortunate to my opinion. Absolutely. Um, as just I don't know. It's just a putting as big a label as any other uh, any other kind of of discrimination. You know the fact that you're black or born in 
somewhere or you have blonde hair or whatever it's it's all the same so let's remember that every one of us is an individual and and the fact what color of a passport we are uh, we have in our pockets doesn't determine who we are and what we support so uh it was wonderful to rem- for for the Russian community community to remind us of that that being Russian doesn't mean supporting the war. Absolutely, yep. Uh, anything else to add on that, or should we move on? I think we can close with a, a positive note. Note of Iceland. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> of Iceland choosing uh, choosing their representative for the Eurovision Song Contest. Yes. That will happen in mid of May. One of the last nations to do it. Uh, the the whole competition, this three part of it, two semifinals and a grand final, which was on Saturday night, uh, national selection program, uh, was all delayed by a week because of COVID restrictions. And I believe the, the, the actual final deadline for submitting an act is round about now. So we left it mm. to the last minute. Most countries have already chosen. And we got Medhaik and Tisol, is the name of the song, by Sigga, Beta or Elin, who are sisters. They came out top. Yes, indeed. They were, um, it was a very female um, full contest, I would say, a final. Mm. Um, if you noticed, most of the, um, most of the contestants had either prevalent number of, of female Except for one, sorry, there was one, one uh, male singer. Yeah, um, solo. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. But uh, which was which was pretty interesting, I think. And uh, the the two the choice between the two was uh, was a team of eight, uh, Reykjavik sisters, maybe D- not daughters. blood related daughters. Daughters, sorry. Um, the other was 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 three sisters. So a very uh, apart from the gender of the two acts, they were very different. Very different acts indeed. Um, the feeling I was watching it with a family and everyone around here was pretty sure it will be the the lively spirited uh, daughters of Reykjavik mm-hmm. who will go forward. Um, was a surprise of of many. I think even the sisters themselves. If I uh, if I saw the headline somewhere that passed past my eye. Correct. They assumed it was going to be, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> other, the others. Which is, um, yeah, I mean, you never know what, what uh, Eurovision um, voters will, uh, will choose. No, it's a, it's a, it's a fool's game to predict how, to predict how Eurovision's going to go. Um, a quite soft, melodic, understated song by three, Icelandic sisters with guitars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it will either do, it will either do pretty well, or it will slip yeah. under the radar and kind of be forgotten. I can't see it yeah. doing badly because it's a nice song and they're a great act. Absolutely, it's a good quality, good song, very nice. It's just, is it a Eurovision winner or at least finalist? That's another question. Now, I've seen songs like this before that go on to go to do really well even win the thing and it's very unpredictable how this goes extremely indeed yeah if i had to hazard a guess though i would say perhaps not on this occasion um Mm -hmm. i don't know i felt like the emphasis of eurovision last year was the public were voting very much for the louder the up more upbeat 
and <laughs> the, the the quieter, more relaxed songs that looked like they were going to do well did less well, um, possibly because of the mood in Europe and the oh. world, uh, the pandemic and everything. People people weren't in a quiet, swaying side to side mood. They wanted to jump up and down. Um, yes, I would think that maybe we just need a bit of uh, looking on the inside now and. Uh, a bit of a melancholic melancholic note will do that trick. So that's a very let, good point. Yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. Uh, if we want to be in finals, at least we don't. Still, as always, Icelanders don't really want to win. It would bankrupt them. But, oh no 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely show 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 the presence, and let's hope for that. The the setting of the show, for just briefly, at Guernes Film Studios, it it does show. What we as Iceland, we as Ruv even, are capable of. It was a big show, a massive event. Uh, it was well pulled off. I don't know. I think I think winning Eurovision is a possibility to host it. Sure. <laughs> but you'd have to win first. <laughs> and this year, uh, without being flippant about it, I do honestly think probably Ukraine will win, <laughs> regardless uh, of the song. Right, yes. Uh, Eurovision was... It was never short of, of some political influences. Especially with so, the public public uh, voting weighing so heavily as it does these days. People are, I'm sure, going to vote for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it will be wonderful when uh, when a pre- representation of a war... A war um, what's, what? Yeah, um, from a country... Stormed by uh, by soldiers, uh, that representation will come up on the stage and, and sing a song. So I I think it will move many, yes. and uh, the chances are are great there. Indeed. Have you heard the song? The Ukrainian one. Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. It How was... what's what's your feeling? I haven't had a chance yet. It was it was good. Yeah. Um... On a melancholic side of. I see. It was to be honest with you. It was a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think it was on the on the quieter half of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, no, let's see. Yeah, we can, we of can course they bets. they had confirmed their act, and then she was thrown out or withdrew because of a, a trip to Crimea a few years ago and replaced. Um, but that's a whole other story, and we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> that more on that Politics another again, day. Huh? Exactly. Uh, the week in Iceland. We'll be back with you next Monday, the twenty-first of March, on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook through the Roof app and your preferred podcast platform. That just leaves me to thank my guest today, Beata Valvienia, and also Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Have a lovely week. You too. <laughs> uh, we finished today's programme, of course, with Meth Heikanti Sold by Sigga, Beta or Erlin. Iceland's entry to Eurovision in Turin this May. Bye for now.
Færa sléttna hverjum 